0: Hey everyone, this is Chris, you're listening to the Dad Regime Podcast. We're going to start this episode with an interview that I did over the school holidays with Richard from the Brick Zone. Brick Zone is a cool little Lego exhibition up in Mullaney, just near the Mullaney Dairies. Uh, They have the most amazing uh, personal collection of Lego on display from Star Wars to Pirates of the Caribbean. And while you're there, you can build your own Lego creations and then take them home. It's a fantastic morning or afternoon for, uh, for your kids and family. Um, Richard and his family run the show, Uh, super nice people, Uh, we'll definitely be going back there. Following the interview with Richard, I've got Simon and Rob, Uh, we're gonna discuss uh, some issues affecting youth uh, and then some mental health issues for men. Uh, We actually recorded this a little while ago um, so it's been on the back burner for a bit but we are happy to be presenting that to you now. Remember to uh, hit us up on social media, Uh, subscribe if you haven't already
1: and we'll see you soon. <laughs> Tell me about Brick Sign. How how's this start? Uh, well, it just started as, um, you know, um, you buy a few sets, you know, of Lego, and uh, as a kid I had Lego, but not a lot, because, you know, your parents didn't buy you a lot. Um, but then when I had kids with Catherine uh, obviously we, I got an excuse to buy more Lego. There's yeah. <laughs> nothing better than having children to give you an excuse to buy Lego <clears throat> but um, yeah so we sort of collated a, a quite a few sets but when we moved to Mullaney three years ago we really um, it really took off in terms of we had the space, we had the shed, yeah, right. <clears throat> um, the shed being 25 by 12 metres, okay. it's quite a size. This is said. a pretty spectacular venue. So you didn't yeah. you weren't looking for a venue to host your Lego? No. Uh, no, no. And we only brought from Brisbane. We only brought about 25 tea chests with us of Legos. So we had a fair bit, but not a lot. Yeah. Um, and those sets were all still intact in bags. And so we, we brought all that up and started doing a little bit of a display. But once we saw that we had the space, we we really exploded. Yeah, right. And we've probably done most of the Lego collecting in the last two years. Yeah. So okay. 80% of this would be the last two years.
0: Right. Yeah. Wow. Because um, I know it's what drew my eye the first time it came was the Star Wars exhibition. Yeah, yeah. I and mean, you've got a pretty extensive collection there. So
1: that's, that's yep. been something deliberate that you've been focusing on collecting yeah those ones yeah daniel my son he's mad keen on star wars we both are but he he knows everything and is obsessive pretty much um but the the lego ultimate collector series star wars sets for me are the are the, the pinnacle yeah of lego yeah uh there's only about 24 of them in the range so it's not too hard to collect 24 sets of, of the ultimate collector series if you want to collect the wider series yeah. you're looking at over 500 yeah, sets wow. so very hard to, to collate, yeah. but we're getting there. Um, so, with Ultimate Collector Series, it was quite um, doable to get them. <clears throat> I had to be incredibly resourceful to get some of them because a the lot of them are worth you know $800, $1,000, yeah. $1,500 yeah. per item. So, you know, I was <clears throat> on one particular trip, I even um, made an offer to a guy in Melbourne uh, on a Monday and he accepted the offer and I flew to Melbourne on the Tuesday to collect 22 Ultimate Collector Series sets. Oh, no way. Uh, and on the Tuesday was Melbourne Cup, so I actually went to the Melbourne Cup and then the next day pulled all the sets down at his place and put them 55 kilos of Lego into, into suitcases and brought them all home. Wow. And then rebuilt them all and probably sold two thirds of them but kept the third that I was missing. Yeah, right. And, um, and all up from the sets that I sold uh, it didn't cost me a thing yeah, so I got, right. I got pretty much eight sets for nothing yeah wow well, Yeah, except for the, the trip yeah. of course but I mean that was all paid for within the resale of the other Lego I was not down on a dollar
0: yeah right
1: it's great
0: um, so we're sitting at a big Table covered in Lego, lots yep. of kids and adults putting stuff together. Yeah, um, is this the remnants of your collection,
1: or do you source this from somewhere else? Uh, good, good question. Actually, we um, we this probably be um, half of this might be the remnants of our collection. Yeah, right. So sadly, in there is stuff that I would love to I would love to pull out, but unfortunately, um, it's been picked over t- by too many people and taken <laughs> yeah. home. That I've, it's gone. Sponge SpongeBob is in there. Yeah. Um, the um, the early Toy Story stuff is in there. Uh, it's not coming out, it's yeah. so it's just, it's gone. Um, but then I do buy some bulk Lego from time to time and, yep. and tip it on the pile. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, and so do you have a selection criteria for what you put on display?
1: Is it seasonal or...? Um, well, we'd... Um, we did do the ultimate collector series the star wars one which might have been the one that you yeah. saw um, then we did this year the 20 years of um of star wars lego so we sort of featured um every x-wing and every millennium falcon through the lego line that they've ever released and that was a bit of fun um then we're going uh, to our next one which we're going to put up probably later today, will be Lego um, as seen on TV. Yeah, okay. So we're going to be putting out, displaying all our sets from TV shows. Yeah, right. So we'll have, you know, things from the Big Bang Theory, Flintstones, (coughs) even the original um, Mickey Mouse cartoon that they've released in the Ideas range, the S.S. (coughs) Willie, the Simpsons, there's so so many TV related things that they've released. So we're going to put all those out on our plinths. And, um, and get people to come up and have a look at those yeah, and, right. and as usual just build from the Lego table and you know um, so you mentioned
0: before about not having much Lego as a kid and now your son you know
1: diving deep into this <laughs> yeah. that wasn't obviously something you had to encourage that was a pretty natural, <clears throat>
0: natural
1: yeah thing. It's, it's sort of um, it's strange he's almost a carbon copy of myself <laughs> when I was it's uh, funny how our kids are like you know, <laughs> yeah yeah they are they, they pick they pick up some of the genes and um so i was never really sporty um, i was always inside drawing <clears throat> being an artist and that's what i sort of that's that's my job sort of thing um i'm not, not sure if he's as creative but right now i mean he's spent his whole holidays so far just building mocks so he's just working on a star wars um not even sure what it is he knows what it is but it's a you know, it's an on-ground rollable Star Wars type machine thing. Yeah, and so a custom-built. Yeah. yeah. So he's he's just spends hours and hours on it, but it's great because he's engineering, he's solving build issues, problems, mm. um, the different ways to use the blocks. Yeah. As a, as a As parent, it's pretty hard to find a floor with Lego, isn't it? As a as Absolutely. A, uh, <laughs> yeah. As a thing to spend time on. Yeah. Well, but also it? just the creative outlet. Yeah. It's educational, and I think the mock element of it is really the key to Lego. It always has been, but, you know, Lego make, obviously make their money through... Well, a lot of it's been through theming their, their sets, so <clears throat> kids will buy the Marvel sets or they'll buy the, the DC or the Star Wars or the Harry Potter and, you know, those themed sets. Um, And that's great, and that's what I actually do, and I don't do any mocks, so I'm very not creative when it comes to LEGO, strangely enough. I just like to enjoy LEGO's creations. Um, But the beauty is that um, when all those themes have gone out the window and the kids have just chucked it all on the pile, it's when they sit down and actually build something from the imagination, like they are at the table now, is where the value is, you know. And that's why the mock um, side of things is so amazing. And I'm glad it's developed that way, you know. Um, And
0: going that that custom route as well. Yeah, yeah. Having uh, a venue like you've got where your son's then going to build something and then put it on
1: display for other people to see yeah yep. that's a whole nother uh, aspect of the creating it uh, is yeah. yeah so we're also working on another concept which we're just trying to we have pretty much got the concept down but we're just struggling on the logo uh, at the moment we've I've done a couple of prototypes of the logo and daniel doesn't like them so he doesn't <laughs> think they're lego enough um, but it's hard to be to make a logo Lego enough without looking like it's too Lego. So Lego yep. don't get cross. Yes, yes. Um, so it's Lego-ish. <laughs> <laughs> Lego-ish, LEGO <implied>. yeah. <laughs> That's right. And so it's called MockCon. And what we'll do is it's like a mini mock convention. Yeah, right. And so we're going to do spaceships or space will be the theme. So anyone can build their own mock, you know, in the months leading up to. And then on the date... Uh, everyone can bring their mock here and we'll have judges and prizes Yeah, right. and they can bring in there'll be like an adult section and then a kids section age groups you know that sounds awesome yeah just have the whole room with they can bring them up and i'll have more plinths made so i can they can see their work on a plinth and make it make them feel like they've really created something special and we're putting it out there for people to see yeah yeah. and get feedback and, and all that sort of thing and, um, yeah, they might win a prize yeah. as well. So, yeah. Oh, that sounds awesome. Um, are people interested, where do they go to see you? Where do they find you? So we have the Brick Zone Facebook page. Um, so just type in the Brick Zone um, and that's easy to find. We do have a website as well, yep. which is the Brick Zone. Um, again, just .com, I do believe, au. Um, and um, there's all the information's on there, but really the Facebook page is obviously the most, um, you know, up to date in terms yep. of what dates we're doing, what um, displays we're doing, you know when mock cons going to be on, and all that sort of stuff. So, Excellent. yeah, yes, yeah, so that's probably the best place. Right.
0: Yeah. I appreciate you sharing some time with us. Thanks. Richard. No
1: worries, mate. Pleasure. Jeez. Thanks for coming again. Well, again, yeah,
0: <laughs> we'll be back again. I think.
1: Yeah, I'll... that'll be yeah. awesome. Yeah. yeah, good. Thank <laughs> Thanks, you, mate.
0: pleasure of hearing Jan Owen speak this week. Are uh, you familiar with Jan Owen? She's the yeah. CEO of the Foundation for Youth Australia. I think that's what it's called. Foundation, foundation for Youth Australia. Yeah. Um, uh, and I gather that they're pretty much a research foundation, um, obviously targeting young people in Australia. She Started by telling us this statistic that there's, and of course this is a couple of days ago, so everything that I've remembered is probably wrong, <laughs> or much or, bigger or, statistic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but you, we'll get the gist. Uh, there's about six and a half million young people in Australia, and I can't remember what the the um, the demographic that she used was. It, it was okay. it was either under eighteen or between fifteen and twenty two, or something like that. Um, about six and a half million young people in Australia. Okay but 750 million people in the, of the same age in the Asia Pacific region. So 6 million versus 750 million. And her uh, thought or what she asked us to think about when she uh, said that was for us not to think about how our young people are going to compete with Southeast Asia anymore, but how we're going to collaborate because at that number, it's not about competition anymore. <laughs> it's you just, just about, it's about collaboration. How are, we, how are they going to survive and collaborate in, uh, in, the, in the coming years? And it really hit home um, when she was talking about uh, with her discussions with industry. Um, she was uh, referring to uh, you know, big uh, multinational companies who are telling her that they're no longer recruiting um, based on achievement? That they're recruiting people on attitude, and then training for skill. So we're going to pick the people that we like, and then we're going to show them how to do their job. And I just thought that has massive implications for and that was the school system,
2: the companies in Southeast Asia. Yeah. As opposed to Australia, yeah. no. In,
0: Australia, in Australia, Australia, the Australian companies that she was talking to, um, but but big companies
3: that are that do have their
0: uh, do have roots into Southeast Asia as well.
3: So you're not going to have to send a CV anymore. Well,
0: with the qualifications, the, you just- well, your CV is going to need to look very different. Like, I, I mean, it's always been the case that your your references have always had more weight than perhaps anything else that's on your on your CV. But more so, it seems as though the raw scores from your uh, high school education, tertiary education, simply are going to matter less and less and less. It's almost like the report comments. Exactly. Right. You look to the grades, the report
2: comments are generally ignored. So in the future, it'll be now these grades will be for content, will be less important. Now it's about how can you communicate,
0: sell yourself, market yourself, collaborate. Exactly. So the skills that she was talking about that young people need were exactly as you just said, confidence and agency, creativity and innovation, enthusiasm for ongoing learning, ability to critically assess information, working with others, communication, project management, financial literacy, digital literacy, and global enthusiasm and citizenship. Nothing that she talked about was about uh, test results, GPA scores, anything like that. But to a degree, there still have to be some... Foundational
2: reading, the yeah, the three oh, are on there. and it'd yeah. be interesting to see yeah. where, who will decide eventually, on what are the basic requirements of literacy and numeracy for
0: kids, and yeah. how does that align? And financial literacy and digital literacy can't be done without those things. No, yeah, you know, they, they, they are foundational. I just, I just found it very interesting at a time when we're, um, Simon and I, are writing report cards and looking at summative assessments. And as someone who has you know, rallied against the importance of summative assessment, going, gee, there's so many kids who I want to be able to tell or show them how well they're doing despite their grade. Yeah. And so many parents who I wish I could tell the grade's not as important as you think it is. It'd be great if they could actually take feedback about what they're doing a bit more, rather than just be trying to get the A all the time. And here's the here's the research, here's the evidence that's showing that that kid who's got the enthusiasm, who's who's really motivated to keep trying and and is prepared to fail, that's the kid who's probably got the the yeah. that spark, the entrepreneurial. You know, spark to to keep going, rather than or, or the the type of person that um, these industry people will are be sought for, after. Yeah. Uh, rather than just the kid who's driven just to get the high achieving score because that's what success has traditionally looked like.
3: But that's the thing: success has looked like that for so long. So it's that's going to be a long haul to try and actually to change the mindset in a lot of people that way. Mm. Because because for so many of our parents and parents everywhere, it, it is. Purely down to A, B, C, D, or E, yeah. and as simple as just looking at a letter and deciding whether or not your kid is actually making it. Um, which is, you know, why why we have the benefit of having, you know, conferences with these parents and and actually chance to meet with the parents and 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 speak to them in person and say exactly what you, what you're saying. You know, yes, it's they're not quite showing it through the summative assessment, which is the one way that I have to give your child a letter next to their name. However, you know, this 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 kid's gonna make it in one way, shape or form, you know, and you can see that with certain students, with a lot of students from a very early age. Mm. You know, if they're just already determined and focused and nothing's gonna get in their way, it doesn't necessarily come down to how well they tick the boxes and mm. run around their hoops.
0: Mm.
3: It seems as well
2: that the Western world tends to... It's what we measure and value. So we measure and value content, and then we measure and value content through summative assessment, and then we measure and value content through summative assessment on an A to E yep. scale. And as a result of that, kids are pigeonholed. We know not many D kids have a, ever much of an opportunity of becoming a C, because mm. of the way the bell curve goes, mm. it almost guarantees they're going to be there forever. Yep. And I think... With this focus around a lot of countries on trying desperately to feed in some of these 21st century skills, which we actually talked about before. We didn't did, yeah. we? It's um, interesting, but I think the reason why they are quite nebulous, they're trying to make rubrics and things, but, you know, it's what we just said, it'll take a while. Mm. For because the teachers are of the same generation, mm. that a lot of teachers, you have some who say I agree with 21st century skills, others who are absolutely not. This is just
0: watering down the content, so you see yeah. all these battles happening. But even for me, who like I want to promote those things—creativity, innovation, collaboration—I still find myself having to tell my students that, no, guys, this is an uh, independent task because I need that data against your name and it's very hard to measure creativity and innovation and collaboration in any kind of rubric so you, you even even though my my passion is to try and get that it's really hard to do it without the tools to measure it
2: yeah and i think what you said if it's this idea of 6 million versus what we say 750, 750 this word of collaboration i mean you've also got this other agenda It's not an agenda this other idea that's happening that we're getting quite multicultural anyway Mm. so even though we're saying six million australians against 750 they're amalgamating yeah (laughs) Yeah. so it's probably not going to it might not be as bad as we think it might be though that the education systems of that six million could be different to the education systems of the 750 yes and we know that's different because the asian education system Having taught with a lot of Asian countries, it, it is different. Mm. It is very content, content, mm. content, content, mm. and yet they envy often a lot of the creativity of the Western yeah. countries, especially in China. I was reading they're now bringing in creativity more because a lot of kids are very good at content, but they can't do much with it. Yeah. They can they can regurgitate it, mm. yeah. but you no, know, yeah,
0: and that's despite their outstanding OECD data too.
2: Absolutely, But even with the OECD, I mean, you take China. China is so big, they're only looking at Shanghai, Shanghai as a tiny yeah. It's like going, say, Australia, but we're only going to take the highest, the richest areas yeah. of Melbourne. Yeah. You know, and we're going to base the whole of Australia on that. Yeah. And that's what Shanghai does. It's just a tiny piece of the pie. So you're never going to be able to compare yourself. No. <laughs> with a tiny that. At all. You know, but it's, yeah.
3: Which of those areas do you think is the hardest to encourage out of our students? I'd say enthusiasm, global enthusiasm. Is that a really negative thing to say about kids (laughs) at the moment?
0: No, I think sometimes I think that we do push global awareness on kids before they're ready for it, like before they have a... um, yeah, you know, sometimes they're just coming to terms with that their world is bigger than them, let alone that it's bigger than their country or that you know what yeah, I mean. And so the
3: concept of it is completely.
0: But I think empathy is something that, hmm. um, like, that's the stepping stone. Like, just having empathy for others is where you become a global citizen. Um, I, I think, real communication is actually the hardest one. Yeah, we get we get good at asking kids to stand in front of the car cl- in front of the class and regurgitate the same stuff that they're all going to do, but actually talking to each other and sharing understandings and collaborating yeah. as communication. I think that's probably the part that we're, that's the thing that we it's where we fall down I think in, in classrooms.
3: But I think perhaps again, that comes back to what you were saying a couple of minutes ago about what's the end goal. Yeah. You know, when, when our main focus is, okay, you need to, um, for example, create a piece of writing that you're then going to get up and present to the class, and that is how I'm going to yeah. grade your ability to present orally or to speak in front of a group. Yeah, It's you're knocking the enthusiasm out of any part of that task in terms of the collaboration because they know there's an end goal. Well, I've got to produce this, and I know I'm going to be graded on mm. it by the end. Um and I think that's, you know, when I made that comment then about enthusiasm, I think that's that's the hardest thing to overturn is do you get that enthusiasm back by taking away the, you know, the summative mm. assessment and the, and the focus on, mm. you know, at the end of the day, we can tell the students as much as we're like, you know, it's great and we're going to do this and I want you to show me how you can do this in in many different ways as you can, but at the end of the day, you're all the same and you're just going to end up with a letter next to your name. (laughs) It's pretty sad, isn't it? I've lost enthusiasm myself. (laughs) Just Just by talking. Let the air out of the (laughs) balloon. (laughs) But what you said, I mean, it's like,
2: if kids are working in groups, what I found in the last two or three weeks working in either primary and high school, I can sit with a group of year twos or year sevens or year nines. And they're very good at telling me what makes a good collaborative team. They can just chant them off, you know, even down as year two. Yeah. Oh, we need to work together. We need to. But then when you actually get them in a group, they've never been given much explicit direction as to what their role is. Or even what you said a minute ago, when you hear them all listening to each other, if you were to stop them and then turn to a kid on the floor and ask them, what's your role here? They don't know. Mm. Because no one's actually talking, and yeah, yeah, they're sitting, yeah. and they're getting Just bored. Just sitting,
3: waiting for So their,
2: so their experience is often of collaboration is, oh, that means I've got, for the next half an hour, I'll get to speak for one minute and yeah. listen for 29. Yeah,
0: <laughs> And that's not <Or> collaboration. <laughs> our collaboration means that during our presentation, we'll each say the same amount of stuff.
3: Yeah, you know, like we'll share Time. the five-minute
0: presentation. We'll share that evenly between yeah. us. It's not. It's not a. Didn't come up with the thing together. Some one of them did it, and the rest of them just shared the presentation. Something on that. Yeah.
3: Isn't not
0: Don't we all do that?
3: <laughs> but that's it's because, because we all yeah, just. But uh, that but that's like,
0: because that's because we suck at it. Yeah, true. I think that's what we've always sucked at it. I think we've, we've, we're very individual in terms of how we go about things. And like I know, there's that. What's that saying about that? Um, um, we shouldn't. Ask teams to do things that can be done by an individual. Is it ring them off, someone. No. But then it means it's easier to blame people if it doesn't go right. Yeah, Is it sometimes we are like we get into a group to do something that really one person just should have just done it, and then perhaps shared what they have done for feedback and stuff, rather than a team having to do it. But then there's so much of what we do that would be better if we truly did collaborate mm. and work on it together. So, yeah. Got to work hard on it
2: hmm. and i think it's also for teachers i mean it's if you're trying to teach kids to collaborate it's yeah there's rubrics and things available but often it's turning those into you know tangible elements the kids find it really hard yeah i mean what does what is your role mean what does work as a team hmm. listen to others i mean they're always very nebulous statements <laughs> and the kids they want more even getting kids to write their own sitting with some year sevens last week just saying to them okay you know this is what an adult thinks you should be doing on the rubric because invert no usually the student rubrics are written by adults who think who put who try to put themselves in a student's mind (laughs) and then they expect the kids to do it and then the kids think read this and think what are you trying to approve here? Yeah, <laughs> This is not what I think. Yeah. You know, well, I don't want how, to... How
0: do I intuitively yeah. demonstrate that as compared to efficiently... De- yeah.
2: And consistently. Consistently. Because <laughs> <laughs> even last week, one year nine child said to me, and it made me think, they were they were looking at the rubric on citizenship. <laughs> and they actually said it was... Um, it was actually a week before the election time, so it was actually quite political. Yeah. And this year nine <laughs> said to me, she said... She had, She said, Rob, when I read this, it's almost as if it's forcing me... I have to be green. Because it's talking about, I have to be sustainable. I have to be renewable. I have to be this. I have to be this. She said, I've got nothing wrong with that. But it's like, you can't be anything else. Mm. (laughs) She said, surely, you know, you can be a global citizen. She said, because... And she said, because, like, 80% of Australians don't vote greener, but they're still global citizens. So <laughs> I thought how astute this person is in year nine um, to be lo- looking at it through that yeah, lens. This. She'd be an A. <laughs> she would
0: be an A. If only she was sustainable.
2: Because <laughs> um, I saw Michael just briefly today, and he mentioned something on that. So you
0: you must have... Dave probably shared it. Dave and I went down to this seminar Got it. together. So, yeah. He probably shared it with the. Um,
2: but to me, it's like team. of that six million Australians, we know probably 34 percent are already from Southeast Asia. <laughs> yeah, you know, if you yeah. go go to Mel- Melbourne on Sydney, yeah. that's all it is. Yeah. So it's almost. I don't think it's going to be. I don't think it's going to be that that big a deal. No. It might be for people in Australia who are in the remote. Just. Well, actually, not in the remote. White only. Exists.
0: It's just in the other, <laughs> Just in the outer suburbs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah you might find that they'll be isolated because they're the people who I automatically thought of was the one um, nation (laughs) not just one nation but on the um, my child is gifted and should be on an ICP and should be achieving um, should be being pushed through the the school system and that child isn't developing any relationships with their peers because they're awkward with themselves don't have self-awareness because the parent does everything for them Um, they're the exact sort of student who in the past would have gone through high school, university, achieving highly, would have been recruited by um, an organisation based on their results. Now that type of student may be at a disadvantage because they won't have the recommendations from teachers, coaches, professors or whatever because they simply don't have the communication skills to to promote themselves um, the way...
3: So do you reckon that's a lesson lesson learned then by these larger corporations and these larger companies that are slowly just realising we've got all this intelligence sitting there but we've got not a single person amongst well, them
0: one of the statistics that Jan yeah, no Owen was using was that something like and again you know, a couple of days have gone past so something like um, these in heads of industry were saying that 70% of their graduates aren't adequately trained for the jobs that they're giving them now where that Blame falls, I don't know. And it does sound like one of those arguments that you hear from every generation. <laughs> yeah, like, mm. Oh, these kids these days they don't know they don't <laughs> know anything. Like it seems it sounds like one of those things that we just continually hear. But they're spending millions and millions of dollars retraining university graduates. Yeah. So if they're prepared to do that, they're gonna spend that money on someone who they believe is worth that money.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Has anyone, anyone you got a, a topic you want to...? There was something I did want to talk about, but it's really negative. <laughs> oh, dear. It's about male suicide. <laughs> so I don't know if I want to do you want to talk about it I don't really have like a, a, a go to for it either it's more about it's statistics.
0: statistics
3: male suicide yeah it's a bit much
0: <laughs> well the last the last one that we put out was one we actually recorded two months ago or more yeah um, and it was depression statistics and it was okay. research that I found and we ended up having a conversation
3: about it it was actually a really good conversation yeah um, I think the, the reason this struck I me I mean I don't know much about that at all I've done, I'm trying to think what I well, this is... And that's the thing is sometimes about what do you bring... The the reason I mentioned it to Chris earlier this week in terms of would it be something we could talk about was, um, like, last week was men's... Uh, National Men's Mental Health Week. Okay. Because, you know, we we have weeks yeah. for all these things now. Sure. We have special days, international days for this and that. Um, and we were driving home in the car and um, they just pulled up the statistic um, about suicide. And it I physically... Gasped in the car that there are six Australian men commit suicide every day. So you're talking upwards of they reckon on average about somewhere between 45 and 50 Australian males a week who commit suicide. Background stats: Are they in the so farming? Is that well? Then so I sort of I I did a bit more research into it, and they sort of uh, there was an article I found where it spoke specifically about the, you know, the, the demographic then, the categories of, of males. So that the biggest, um, the highest number of deaths will be males in the 30 to 39 years age group. Okay. Um, most likely to be like a manual labour job or working in construction. Right. Um, they said the, another large area would be um, teenage boys. So, sort of between, obviously, 14 and 18, 14 and 19. So teenage
2: boys more than teenage boys. Yes.
3: Mm. Um, and they said it increased from 2015 to 2017. <coughs> increased by 77% um, the amount that, that we're doing it. Um, three of those 45 men would be um, indigenous men living in, um, you know, remote or regional okay. areas where they're really you know, under-resourced and um the community issues um older men working in industries a lot of the talking about the mining industries a lot of these fly in fly out uh, people who are always spending huge chunks of their lives by themselves Mm. um and just you know statistics in general you know of the people who committed suicide in 2017 75 of them were men So that's, you know, that's a big, that's a big swing.
2: Do they go, are they able to get the statistics, you know, assuming they use, leave suicide notes and things? Were there any statistics about like some of the reasons or Mm. the geographical location?
0: Um, Because that would only be reported too.
3: And they said that, you know, again, it comes, this was, this was a a radio, just a a small radio broadcast. And again, it was brought up because it was Mental Health Week and it was obviously mm. done to bring awareness to it and and i was in in the same boat as yourself rob you know initially if someone had asked me about it i wouldn't even be able to put a ballpark figure on what i expected but to me it just even you know in a nation of 23 million six six a day consistently is is shocking and it's you know to me it just made it's made me sort of question it over the last week as to you know what are the triggers you Mm -hmm. know what are the the, the the points behind it and how how is that gonna get better you know obviously I think a lot of people are quite positive about it and having things like you know are you okay day you know we have mm-hmm. a, a designated day now where you check in with people um is definitely bringing it much more into the consciousness of mm-hmm. you know of the public but is it really getting rig- rid of the stigma I think that's attached to speaking to someone I don't know. I don't think there's really an answer. (laughs) I'm not looking for an answer.
2: Often there's not many signs, because my um, cousin, he committed suicide at 20, no, 21. Mm. And he was like, you know, his parents had no idea. He was like doing well at his second year at university. Mm. He's doing well. And then just one day, you know, he gets up, goes to a train station, throws himself in front of the train Mm. on the busiest station in the UK and you just think and even now you know even though I, I knew him fairly well you just think what was going through his mind the day before Did had mm. he planned it out the day before mm. had he planned it out a week before mm. what about in the morning when he goes off with his bag on his back you know it's that whole yeah. idea but he didn't tell anything just off he goes yeah it's like, and as his parents no you can never no you just can't understand how much even now they no. still you could never it's you, like you blame yourself. You, you blame and yourself. You question everything. What you'd did I do, do to trigger back it? At every s- event? Wondering oh, whether yeah. you should it's have like, done something different. Oh my god!
3: Different. I shouted at him a week before. Mm. Did that trigger mm. it? You know. And, and I think that's the thing. You know, when you talk about communication and and, and talking, it, you know, it is obviously so important to be able to have those conversations and and actually turn to someone and just go, look, I can see it. I can see you struggling. I can see you're not doing well at the moment. Is there anything I can do? But i think there's there's there is a big stigma- stigma with a lot with a lot of males specifically that it's not within our nature to have those conversations we yeah. don't socialize for no. those purposes um no. i mean I've never socialized in a woman's group specifically <laughs> not as a man if that makes sense it doesn't make sense um but you know that that's that would be first port of call i think with mm. with with women socially is what's going on how are things because you
2: know? it would be interesting to know if they're naturally... Because this person was a natural introvert. You know, my cousin was very introvert, and mm. he would just keep himself to himself. It would be interesting to know on those stats, are those people... Yeah, there the wasn't much into that. To generally, it. are people who just...
0: Well, you know what's interesting when we had the discussion last time about the depression statistics was um, when those um, tendencies were starting to spike. And I think it was yeah, 13 for girls and 16 for boys. Yeah. And then uh, the, I think the data that we had then suggested that it started to decline when p- people got into their 20s. But obviously, with the suicide rate being... What age did you say it was most frequent? 30 to 39. 30 to 39. Mm. So once you are in that mental illness state, it's obviously something that sticks with people for a long time. It's not going away. Yeah. You know, uh, and it'd be... Easy to to suggest that, oh, you know, people get to mid-30s and they're not happy with their life and stuff like that. But I I wonder whether that's the case. If we're trying to identify mental illness traits in young people first, that's probably where it starts to develop.
3: Yeah. And I think, you know, to match in with that, what you're saying about, you know, mental illnesses, uh, all the the outside influences as well. You know, you've Mm. obviously got to incorporate, you know, alcohol and, and drugs into a lot of that. As a, as a situation as well. I mean, it's easy to it's easy to to chuck those those mm. words at it. Um, but the yeah, thing is, is introvertism a trait or, or a symptom
2: mm. of you know something to look for? Is it because to me it just makes me think about that. Is other people who is it often if they were no, I'm not just saying you could do this, but if you had like that Mars Briggs type thing, would there be more introvert people who identify?
0: In that suicide yeah. percentage yeah. than extroverts. And yet, on the flip side of that, how many young um, pop stars, movie stars, and, uh, and yet they seem to be the most extroverted? But are they? Often well? they're not, or the are question. they? So then, is it the. they often introverted. Is it ones, the perception that there's in. something wrong with you and you, you have to be someone else? And if you're living with that, this innate feeling that. Who you are is not who you should be. And so you're trying to be someone else.
3: Yeah.
0: Just to be, uh, we're, we're to be arm, armchair psychology. No, if, you're,
2: if you're being extrovert, you've got to think, yeah, because we're not psychologists, yeah. but to me, extroverts, you have to have some self-belief that you're confident. Yeah. And therefore open to talk, open to chat, open to discuss. But that's bang. me.
0: Yeah. That's me. Like well, I, I'm, I'm a naturally what, introverted person. You are. I am. You won't see me on stage. You won't see me putting myself out there. I consciously do it as a personal challenge because I know it's something that I either want to do you need to do or I'm going to benefit from it in some way
3: yeah and I suppose it it, it's allowing people to accept that it's okay to be like that and not Mm. have to feel as you say that you're different or you're not normal because you can't express yourself Mm. you don't go out with people on the weekend you'd rather just be in in at home yeah but there is just a social attachment to all of that 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 isn't.
2: Mm. That, it's just a coincidence, I suppose. It's really that like being introvert do- doesn't mean you're more likely to be. Suicidal. No, it's just that it happens to but be. It, you have that tendency just to think through things yourself because we know you know you can get yourself really worked
0: up with the mental the depression mm. the anxiety when you lose control. And the perhaps the the, the trait that of um, being an introvert that you're targeting is that just internalising everything. Whether you're introverted or extroverted, whether you are taking everything and just letting it sink in and then dwelling on it over and you know not not having anyone to talk to about, and if you bring it internal, trust anyone. There's no
2: one to 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 rationalise it. Hmm. No, my analogy would be like when you have something a hole in your tooth, you put your own tongue into it, it feels like a candy. But if someone else looks at it, they'll say, "Don't it's so stupid. It's like one millimetre big." Yeah. Whereas if it's you yourself, oh my god. Yeah you know <laughs> uh-huh. panic 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 I don't want to disturb you because I'm oh. going to be sh- maybe that on a much bigger scale
3: I don't know, you I don't know? know and that's what it comes down to is, is I don't know being willing or being able to even open to, to open up to somebody mm. or even to have the opportunity to do so you know, and I suppose in some of those situations you know maybe people don't feel that they have the resources there to, to even speak to someone whether mm. that be a professional or be someone close to them, you know, you I, I do feel there's such a um a blokey element to so much of our culture. Um and again it's you know within the article it said, you know, that there's there's a real she be right attitude to so many so many yeah. people's opinions yeah. on things that we but we're not developed really to to deal with that and I think sometimes and I, I don't know whether we all feel the same but there have been situations where somebody has opened up to me and like I've immediately gone into panic I'm like I need to deal with this I need to be Supportive of this, but holy shit, like, what do I? I don't know what I'm saying here. Like, I don't have the expertise, so, yeah. so you kind of go, look Oh, you'd be all right, you'd be yeah. all right. It'll, you know. I think
2: you're hitting nail on the head there, because, like, everyone, you know, take, take for granted the usual routines. You walk into school in the morning, mm. How are you, Chris? Fine, that's it. We ask, but we don't want to know. Mm. If you say, mm. oh, Actually, I'm not okay, <laughs> yeah, people are, oh, shit. oh, god, I don't have time for this. I'm fine, and the people who ask it don't mean it, the people who reply mm. just think, "Just, I'm not interested. So just, how are you? Chris? fine. Thank you. Go.
3: And I think, again, it comes back a bit, perhaps, to that introvert, you know, introversion. Is that the right word? Um, I don't know. I think I might have made up a word. Introvertalism. (laughs) Introvertalism. Yeah, That's good. That's better. Um, Or just not having those people around you. Not, you know, if you're working one out, if you're just working by yourself, or you're constantly flying from here to there, you don't have a base. For me, personally, I feel now... I'm a bit older, I've had experience with people around me with mental health and that I would be much more um, determined to help and assist, but I think I would have to be really close to that person. Mm. And and that's the thing, you have to be really, really close to that person to even have that opportunity to go, look, I can see you're struggling. Mm. And you can have mates who you've known forever and just go, "Eh, it's probably easier just to not bring it up even though you the can see you're it. You're thinking
2: you might burden someone else. Yeah, I'll bring or it up. Mate, and... I, don't want to do, I don't want to worry you. Yeah,
3: but I think it wasn't, it wasn't, I said, there's, there's no major answer. I think it is good that there are more public um, and social conversations about it now. Um, it, I, I do feel it should happen more often mm. and, you know, people should be, encouraged to try and speak up about their issues. And you have seen it happen. You have seen footy players or sports stars or, or whatever mm-hmm. being able to come out and say, look, I went through this. Um And again, you know, everyone says, you know, they're really brave for doing so. And it is good because we need people like that. We need influential people to make others appreciate that it's doable mm-hmm. and you are able to do it. Um But it, it definitely just made me sit back and go, yeah, I need to do it more often instead of just sitting at home thinking oh god that person's struggling or oh, that person told me today that that wasn't right and I can, I know things aren't right at home or whatever um, to just double check in and
0: I mean that's sort of the premise of almost how we started this wasn't it, it was none of us really know what we're doing no. and if we're not going to talk about it then how will we ever work out
3: Whether there's a better way to do anything so
0: yeah <laughs> You're right that was really depressing. <laughs> Chris, yeah, what's on your playlist this week? Um we got to plug um The Dead Regime's very own, um, but I can't even think of it off the top of my head. (laughs) What have we got? I didn't even know we had something new to share. (laughs) Pretty Jesus. Pretty Jesus have released their new EP, uh, Mushroom, which we played one track of on the last podcast. Yep. Um, And I'm almost certain we'll play another one at the end of this podcast. Yes. Um, But it's available on Bandcamp. I think it's five bucks. Um, worth worth checking out worth awesome. supporting a group who's been supporting us with with music and stuff as well so get on them. yep
3: catch them live in a few yeah. months
0: hopefully yeah what's on your playlist
3: um so mine is a tv show and i know i'm preaching to the choir here because it's a british comedy And I know we're both in in the right company here. I'm intrigued. Um, (laughs) It's a TV show called Detectorists. Oh, yes. I I don't know. Have you seen it? Have watched it? (laughs) Um, So we are slowly making our way through season three or series three. I should say as a um, UK TV show. Series three, not season. Um, Yeah, but just a really wonderful, quaint, uh, funny show about a couple of guys who go out and detect for metal. And they're called Detectorists, not Metal detectors. <laughs> the running joke throughout the show. But yeah, Mackenzie Crook from, well, The Office the is Office. kind of the only other thing he's ever yeah, done. Pirates of parts the Caribbean. Pirates of I mean, the
2: Caribbean he was is, in. Yeah, with the eye.
3: Yeah. yeah. Um, but I just love the gentle nature of it. Yeah. It's just really beautifully done. I mean, he writes and directs all of it. Um, the humour isn't, you know, it's not crude or slapstick. It's just gentle... Simple jokes. Um, the scenery is beautiful. The music stunning.
0: But still enough to make you embarrassed for for
3: characters.
0: So if, yeah. I've only watched the first season, yeah. but there was a couple of those episodes where I'm cringing.
3: Yeah. And towards the third, I will say the first and second are better than the third series. Right. So I'm not trying to put people off. I'm oh, yeah, not yeah. watching season Stop three. Stop after season two. Um But yeah, just the, the situations in which they find themselves um, being slightly useless men who don't really speak up for themselves and say the right things at the right time. Um, but I, I watched the first two seasons um, uh, upon recommendation from my dad a um, couple of months back, at just doing holidays. And then I've, I've watched them over again with my wife because I thought, I think actually she'll really enjoy this. And she has, she's loved it, which is really good because we don't watch a lot of British comedy together because she thinks it's stupid. So, yeah, it's I mean, been really nice to watch yeah. that and go through. So. take this Rob, what's on your playlist? At the moment, I'm
2: just on the Spotify one. Um, occasionally, you know, you get to the stage where you just want to start looking for a bit of new music. So there's a playlist called Front Left. Now, I must admit, there's quite a few songs on it as it's modern that I just think I just fast forward straight away. As soon as they're... Too much rap starts. It's yeah. like, uh, but often there's a, usually I know if I listen to those 20, 20 songs, two or three of them, I'll just select off. And it's just been interesting. And that's where I got into T- Tones and I. But it's just been li- interesting, just listening to some new tracks and new, mm. new artists. And um, a couple of them, there was um, Eliza, Eliza and the Delusionals. You know, it's just it's a, rat, a track it? comes on. I like that. I hear it again. I pick that up. And then for some reason on it was just a techno, not a techno one, an old one from the 80s, just from the Dream Academy. (laughs) And it suddenly got me going into, I'm finding myself, even driving here this evening, I've gone back into new wave, new romantic 1980s sort of stuff. I'm just regurgitating (laughs) those again. And they actually sound pretty cool again. No, my daughter heard one, it's like, is that a new one? I said, no, this is like from 35 years, years ago. I said, oh, that sounds really good. And yeah, it's been interesting. But um, but hearing your conversations about the, you know, the British comedy, I know that Chris is um, a bit of a fan of some of those ones. And my wife and I, we often just like them because they plod.
3: Yeah.
2: You know, there's no canned yeah. laughter. They yeah. plod along. You sometimes snare a bit, a bit of a, a smile. Yeah. And I remember Stephen Fry actually spoke once about i no know i can't remember all he said but someone asked him once he said what really is the main difference between say british comedy and um american comedy and he was like well really in british comedy if you think about all the famous british comedies the hero is actually a fool yeah. life breaks and down you take people like basil faulty yeah. Blackadder." black yeah. adder life throws everything out as well as in American comedy he said they tend to have to achieve everything and they're all brilliant and they're fantastic and and he says that's the thing but we can identify with these losers (laughs) like The Office just a complete (laughs) you know loser faulty for God's sake man just don't do that you know it's going to end and that's why you know and Australia's in between the two but they Mm. tend to identify with those characters because he said life is full of those characters we can't all be heroes and wonderful yeah and it's that ability to think, yeah, I know someone just like that, <laughs> yeah. and, and it's, that's it's what,
0: actually yeah. me. <laughs> yeah. no, actually you. <laughs> All right, that's us. See you
3: next
0: time. See
3: ya.